everybody, welcome back to Q-Tips. We are the Video Store Junkies, and we are back once again to bring you a few recommendations to watch on streaming over the weekend. So we're going to get it going, and I'm going to kick this over to Paul. Oh, well, I thank you, Renee. Um, you know, we record this sometimes around dinner time, and you know what? If you're hungry, there's a great movie. It's The Menu from just a 2022. It's on HBO Max. It stars Anna Taylor-Joy. Ralph, Ralph. <laughs> Sorry about Is that. It Ralph Fiennes. <laughs> Ralph Fiennes, Ray Fiennes, uh, Nicholas Holt, and John Leguizamo. Um, it is a dark, dark, dark comedy. It is. Um, it is sort of. Uh, it, it does not involve cannibalism, though. You would put it sort of in the squarely in the eat the rich genre of uh, class war- warfare, where you have a bunch of uh, rich assholes go to this exclusive uh, restaurant run by chef played by Rafe Fines, and um, it is their 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 menu, as it were, the menu, and he um, they're on this island, and uh, yeah, it it is fantastic. Um, most of the characters are terrible, terrible peer people, which works out really well. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very funny, wickedly funny, very dark. The food is gorgeous. It was actually um, prepared by there's a, a French chef, uh, Dominique Crenn, who hmm. has a she has a three three Michelin star restaurant, and uh, she's the one who actually designed the food for it. And apparently, even the food was shot by like the person who shoots. Uh, I guess there's a show called Chef's Table. Um, and when you watch it, make sure you you watch for the the little uh, cards that have what the the it'll show like the what the item is and what the ingredients are. Um, it's really funny. It's great. Um, I that's pretty much all I got to say for it. Don't want to give any spoilers, but mm. it is it's one that I, I've watched a couple times and it's it's it it keeps up to repeat viewing. So that's the menu on HBO Max, and highly recommend this. And speaking about things that are highly recommended, I'll pass this to Bill Mulligan. Why, thank you, sir. Uh, my theme for this week is simply blood. So I will start with 1984's <laughs> Blood Simple. Yay! A uh, Yes, a neo-noir crime drama, which is uh, just great film. A nice, great, low-budget film. But boy, when you're watching this, you are seeing the beginnings of some really top-notch talent here. This is the first film... Uh, produced and directed and edited, can't forget the editing because it's top-notch, by Joel and Ethan Cohen. The Cohen brothers have brought Yay. us some great stuff since then. And, you know, sometimes it's kind of fun looking at the early films of great filmmakers and you're like, wow, that was terrible, but I saw the seed of genius, like Piranha 2. <laughs> this one's just damn good. They were They were firing on all cylinders when they started out, and unlike a lot of really good indie filmmakers once they were given the chance to actually work with a union crew on a big budget, they kept on knocking it out of the park. I mean, these guys, uh, and they're still going strong, so it's, it's who knows how many more classics will be added to the list. But Blood Simple's got, um, not just them, it's also got John Getz and the first film of Francis McDormand, who went on to do lots mm-hmm. of great films, including some with the Coen brothers. It's got M. Emmett Walsh, so you know you have that going. And it's... Um, it's just classic film noir. 
you know, uh, a bartender who, you know, next thing you know, he's in the middle of a murder plot and there's love affairs and there's uh, all kinds of twists and turns and you don't know who's going to make it to the end. It's also got cinematography by Barry Sonnenfeld, who would go on to become a a pretty good director himself. Just good all the way through. I don't want to give away too much, but there's, there's some sequences in here that are just so great. A few that I think have been used since. Um, think you know the the scene where bullets are being fired into a dark barn. You can see the light coming through the bullet hole. Boy, that just feels like a cliche now. But it just it, you know you see here the seeds of what would become Raising Arizona and and other things. Although this is pretty far from a comedy, hmm. but uh, it's on HBO Max. And if you have not seen that, highly recommend it. And I will also highly recommend the opinion of the next person on the list, Renee. Well, thank you very much. And I would also second the menu. I thought that uh, Judith Leggett was, was quite good in that movie. <laughs> and Jehon Leguizamo, uh, I thought he was quite good in that movie. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I'm only picking on Zach because he's not here. So, you mean Z? Yeah, Zeke. <laughs> I was referring to Judith Light and uh, John Leguizamo, who were both in the menu. It's nice. You never see Judith Light anymore, so it's always nice when she pops up somewhere. It's like Yeah, and she did a good job in it, too. She I like did. It. It's like when you see Candace Bergen pop up somewhere, and you're like, oh, that's nice. So <laughs> that my first movie is just a little bit odd. You know, you know when you start watching a movie, and you're like, what, what have I gotten myself into? But then you realize that you're in you're in too deep. Like it's been maybe about an hour and you're just it's just too late to turn back. That's kind of what happened with this movie. But it really wasn't too bad. It was just kind of weird. Um anyhow, this movie is called Blue Monkey. Uh Oh jeez. <laughs> Sometimes I love when I do a movie and I just know, like, I know you're going to know what movie I'm talking about. I love it so much. So uh, this movie is just kind of strange. Hospital goes into lockdown after they received a patient who is infected with a mysterious ailment. And it has, um, oh, shit, what's his name? Steve Rails something? Railsbeck, I think. Yes, thank you. Yes, I believe that is his name. So that's really the only like notable, no offense to anybody else in this movie. I think that's like really the only notable person I could think of. There are some other people in it that you would definitely recognize. Um, But yeah, so uh, that's my recommendation. It is Blue Monkey. And I, uh, spoiler alert, (laughs) there are no monkeys. There are no monkeys in this movie. Or otherwise, there are no monkeys. No. I was really looking forward to the monkeys. I, was, <laughs> I, 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 have, I have not thought of this movie in decades, and yet I, <laughs> no. I actually had the poster because uh, they. Oh no way! Oh wow! They were scattering them around my campus at at college, and it was a pretty good little poster. So I grabbed a bunch of them and to see this movie. I'm like, they did someone lose a bet that they had to call it monkey <laughs> because it makes no sense. I unless I slept through it. Was there any reference that you know? Codename Blue Monkey or something because I really missed it. No, no. Oh. I, d- I don't remember there being a, a reference to it. Like, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Why, why would you sure do that? Not. I don't oh. know. And even the cover is like 
doesn't even really <laughs> connect to the movie. Like it's just it's strange, and it looks it looks sort of I don't know. It's just the strangest strangest thing. It's got a giant um, bug. There's no. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh! So yeah, uh, Blue Monkey. <laughs> 1987. It's available. Where else do you think it's available? To be, of course. Be. Yeah. So yeah, that's my recommendation. And uh, <laughs> I'm gonna pass this back to Paul. You know, if I remembered anything about it except for I've got like a vague image of of like a couple of shots of the creature and the fact <laughs> that there were no blue monkeys in it. I'm not sure if I can rec- if I can second it or not, but I'll I'll, I'll trust you on it. So yeah. Um, Go for it. Because <laughs> I, I do remember watching it. So uh, my second film, so my theme, you know, I, was, I did the menu. So my theme is food related. And my, I'll take you back 40 years to 1982. Oh, my God. Did I just say 40 years to 1982? Uh, I guess it's 41 years now. To Eating Raul. Oh, um, yay. Yeah, directed by the great Paul Bartel. And he co-wrote it with Richard Blackburn. And it stars Paul Bartel and Mary Warnov as hey. Paul and Mary Bland. The, the stuck-up couple that wants to open their restaurant, Shea Bland, okay. uh, but they don't really have the money for it, and they uh, are are they they really hate their neighbors in their in their condo because their neighbors are all a bunch of swingers, till they realize their neighbors, the swingers, apparently have a lot of money, hmm. and they figure out a way to get the money from the swingers, and then uh, till they till they basically um, somebody finds out, and that's Raul played by Robert Beltran, which. Oh, hey. I, every time I cannot watch Star Trek Voyager without just chuckling to myself that Chakotay is Raul from Eating Raul. Mm-hmm. Um, it is hilarious. It is a black comedy. It's currently playing on HBO Max and Criterion. Uh, it is a wonderful film. I absolutely love it. It is just pure greatness from Paul Bartel and Mary Warnoff, who, by the way, have cameos as Paul and Mary Bland in Chopping Mall. Yes, they do. So, Yeah. But it's a great film, and I absolutely love it. Highly recommend it. Uh, it's on HBO Max. So make make it a double feature of The Menu and Eating Raul on HBO Max. Or you can also catch it on Criterion. And uh, speaking of um, uh, Doris the Dominatrix, that comes from Eating Raul, uh, yeah. I'll pass this to Renee. Oh, <laughs> I was like, well, that's a neat <laughs> wait, wait, segue for Bill. Zach, sorry. No, wait, <laughs> yeah. Zach, no, Bill. Yeah. Bill, see yeah. Doris I'll pass it to Bill. Oh, uh, sorry, it's all that crack I've been smoking. Oh, did I say that loud? Yes, Cut that did. out, would you? I I certainly did not say anything about crack. The so crack anyway, talk. I'll pass this to Bill. I'll I'll second that too. I saw that in the theaters when it came out. One of the few, and um, I love that movie. I love that movie because I love Mary Warrenoff, and you got to see all of her. So yeah, she's a, <laughs> she is a sexy little mittenhound. She is um, smart lady too. Really, really. Um, listen to her interviews really intelligent okay so continuing with the theme blood i'm gonna do something i thought i would never do i'm going to recommend with reservations an andy milligan movie blood from 1972 now if you don't know who andy milligan is god bless you um and if you don't you need to find out because he andy milligan um wow i it's Andy Milligan's one of those filmmakers whose life story is far more interesting and terrifying than his awful films. He made a bunch of them. He made them cheap. Mm. He is, he he's incompetent. They look like stage plays, and he he did a lot of stage plays. The makeup is dreadful. 
he he shoots his movies. He had like a camera. He had this little ca- handheld camera. He did everything. He did everything in his movies. And here's the thing: he is truly, um, what's that French word for like great filmmaker? Auteur? Or I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. I never knew. <laughs> I I use it. I write it all the time, but I've never actually had to use it because none of my friends are douche nozzles. So you know, <laughs> we just say things like he makes a lot of good films. Whereas if we were French, we had to say is truly a fine auteur. Now, Andy Milligan, there's nothing like an Andy Milligan movie. And within 12 seconds of watching it, I know I'm watching an Andy Milligan movie. So in a, in a sense, in, in, the, in the truest sense of the word, he was an artist. And, and he does give a worldview. His films uh, can be taken, they, they show a cohesive whole. What they show is this, horrifying view of humanity um there's so much to say about andy milligan he and and a lot of it is bad if you need to read the book (laughs) yeah you need to read the book the uh weirdo the twisted life of andy milligan or something to get all just miserable existence from his birth to his death and, and and yet he did have fans. Now, what? okay, haven't said anything about this movie, Blood. It's literally the only Andy <laughs> Milligan movie I've been able to watch from beginning to end without hitting the fast-forward button. So in that sense, it's his best film. It actually has more than just a bunch of people screaming at each other how much they hate each other, which is, in a nutshell, Andy Milligan movie. This one actually <laughs> has a plot. It's about, here's Tubi's description, because of course it's on Tubi. A scientist who studies werewolf transformations, all while being married to the daughter of Dracula, starts experimenting with plants that only eat flesh. Mm. And this is all over the place. Keep this in well. mind. He probably never spent more than $5,000 on a movie. Shot on film. <laughs> shot on film. I doubt they ever, the words, let's do another take, ever escape from his lips. <laughs> his lighting is the worst lighting I've ever seen. I would not accept this in any film festival I've ever been involved with, he just shines a light on him, and there's these big giant shadows on the wall. No attempt is made to get rid of them. It is just so subpar. But by gosh, this movie's got, um, it stars a bunch of people you'll never hear of again, but one of them, Hope Stansberry, is really quite attractive and, and works. She's got that starving artist in New York sort of thing. And um, normally, a woman who looks like that would have been making porn in New York, but she had the bad fortune to instead be making Andy Milligan movies. <laughs> yeah, it's just unbelievable. I don't know what to say. It, the only bad, the only reason, I, I mean, it's actually kind of fun. Oh, it's got vampires and werewolves, and it ends with it ends with Frankenstein. Oh, it, it's just he just throws the wall at stuff, and it's much more bearable than most of his thing. The only reason I wouldn't recommend it is that you might like it enough, then explore more Andy Milligan movies. And then you're going to be watching <laughs> the ghastly ones, and uh, he, oh, they were so bad. They're so 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 bad. But you know, you start watching them, and then you start watching more, and you're just like, oh, I, I think I know this guy. I think I understand where he's coming from, and that's a bad place to be in the mind of Andy Milligan. He no relation to me. It's Milligan, not Mulligan. But he did <laughs> did make his movies in Staten Island, which is where I, w- I was born, and and spent some years as a young lad and visited all the time. And I think to myself, I was really into horror movies as a kid. If I knew that this guy was making movies in the seventies, I would have sought him out. Mm-hmm. They would have, you thought, were born in Staten Island. Yeah. Yeah. 
I didn't know that. I, I used to spend my summers there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, with my cousin. You may recognize some of the houses that Andy Milligan used, some of the old <laughs> old houses there and everything. I would have sought this guy out and tried to be on the set. And somewhere in the basement of that house is where they would find my raped dead body. <laughs> And that would have been the story of me. So, 1972's Blood, directed by the one and only Andy Milligan on Tubi. May God have mercy on your soul. And I throw this back for hopefully uh, something that'll bring things up a little bit. Renee. (laughs) Well, hey, hey, uh, you know what other movie (laughs) Steve Railsbeck was in? What? (laughs) He did that Blue Monkey? It's called Life Force. Life Force. Oh, God almighty. Yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. So, okay, I'm going to keep this pretty short and Uh, simple. Um, Space vampires. Well, well, Renee. That's my picture. Naked space vampires. Oh, that's right. Naked space vampires. She was legal then, right? Like, just barely. God bless. Yeah, I was like, I didn't want to say anything about sexy naked vampires because I wasn't sure if I was going to get, like, arrested. Um. (laughs) Anyhow, so this movie is um, interesting, kind of fun. The effects are a lot of fun. It's it's just kind of goofy and fun and weird and weird. Um, yeah, so, so Life weird. Force. Yeah. Yeah, emphasis on weird. Uh, it's available, surprise, surprise, on Tui and Hoopla and Pluto and Freebie. A- yeah. In the 80s when cocaine was cheap. Yeah. that And Patrick Stewart had hair. He was yeah. using it, too. I love that movie, but it feels like every actor in it thinks they're in a different movie. <laughs> you say it like that's wrong, like there's uh, something wrong about it. I mean, I don't know what Toby Hooper was thinking when he directed these people, because you know, mm-hmm. some of them seem to, you know, they're they're like swinging for the fences because they think this is high comedy, and then some of them are, are playing it dead serious, and boy, it's, a, it's just a strange, crazy pants movie. It's also a remake of Five Million Years to Earth. There you go. Oh. Yeah, so I thought it was a nice um, accompaniment to uh, Monkey. (laughs) It's one of the three movies that they they let Toby Hooper do on a big budget, and he lost a fortune on every single one of them, and that's that's why he spent the last years of his life directing sci-fi channel crap. Oh, man. That's too bad. Yeah. We have a late, late arriver. Zach, are you ready for me to pass this off to you? You know what? I'm ready. I don't know if you're ready for my recommendation though, because I only have Ooh, one. Snap. I know I got here late, oh, it's and perfect. I actually, I, yeah, I gotta, I gotta let the dog out here in a minute. But uh, I, I saw a movie last night that I just, I could not withhold from you guys and the masses, uh, all of our adoring fans. So <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what to say about this movie. But uh, you know how sometimes you just, uh, and I know, I know all of you will be familiar with this feeling because. You watch a lot of bad horror movies, but you ever just watch a, a horror movie, especially like an older horror movie, and um, you're just amazed at how little actually happens in, <laughs> in the movie? Yeah. Well, I have. I think I have a, a contender for uh, the horror film with the least amount of, I would say the least amount of horror, but also the least amount of plot, um, and <laughs> also possibly the least amount of like uh, coherent narrative. <laughs> Uh, it's gonna film, be great. Yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, the film I'm talking about, maybe some of you are, are familiar with this one, uh, 1983's The Prey. 
Um, this is a very, very uh, shameless kind of cash-in on... Uh, well, I would say it's a cash-in on a lot of the the like slasher films of this era. Although, actually, now that I think about it, it's probably not, because apparently this movie was shot in 1979, and for some weird reason, it sat on the shelf for four years. Mm. <laughs> um, but it does seem like a rip-off of those movies, because it's about a... Uh, a group of, of nubile, young, uh, I don't know if they're supposed to be teenagers or 20-somethings, whatever. Most of them look like they're, like, 30. You know how in these old, like, horror movies, like, the girls look like they're 20 and the guys look like they're, like, 35? Well, yeah. Right. Um, so, anyways, uh, so, yeah, they're, uh, they they go for a, a nice camping trip in the California wilderness. Uh, but unbeknownst to them, uh, apparently, I don't know, some uh, gypsy guy, and I'm using that term. I know that's not a. I know that's a racist term now. I'm just using it because that's the that's the term they use in the movie. Um, and I, I realize it's very insensitive, but uh, apparently there was some some uh, gypsy man or boy who was burned in a forest fire or something. I don't really understand the backstory, and I don't think the movie does either. Um, we only know this because the movie starts out with the first of probably about 30 minutes worth of uh, stock footage of a forest burning. And then later on, they mentioned something about it. Um, but yeah, so this movie is, uh, yeah, uh, probably 35% stock footage. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of stock footage. There's a lot of loop scenes. Um, there's a lot of like weird, like, I don't know. They keep cutting back to the same take of an actress smiling over and over. And it's just, it's very weird. It's very bizarre. <laughs> Um, the killer, and this is not like, uh, you know, this is the big reveal at the end, but whatever. I, I'm yeah. going to spoil it for you. Uh, the, the monster is played by uh, Carl Stryken. I'm probably mispronouncing that name, uh, but everyone's probably familiar with his work. He would go on to uh, play, uh, uh, oh God, what's his name? Uh, I'm totally blanking. Uh, the character in the Adams Family in the 90s films. Lurch. And then uh, the giant in uh, Tw- Twin Peaks. Oh, uh, yes, yeah. Lurch. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, everyone, even if Paul said it, I'll take credit for yeah, it. Yeah, everyone's familiar. <laughs> well, you said it louder, so it counts more. <laughs> um, everyone's familiar with his work, obviously. And yeah, you know, great. They uh, young uh, Carl Stryken, They they cast him as the you know the killer. Obviously, very physically imposing. Unfortunately, he only has about five seconds of screen time at the very end of the film for some reason. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, this is also <laughs> also notable. For I guess being I don't know why I bothered to look up all this uh, all this trivia, but whatever. Uh, the final uh, screen appearance of Jackie Coogan, uh, who coincidentally, if you're not familiar with that name, uh, played Uncle Fester on the original Adams Family TV huh. show. Um, actually, you know what? Okay, here's kind of a weird little piece of trivia, though. So, so yeah, he played Uncle Fester. He was in a shit ton of things. You know what his first credited role is? Jackie Coogan. Jackie Coogan. Uh, little Rascal. Yeah. yeah, wasn't it? No, yeah. no, no. It was the, wasn't it? The, was it the kid? With, it was, uh, yeah, the kid in with Charlie Chaplin. In, yeah, the the Charlie oh, wow. Chaplin oh, wow. kid, which I thought was kind of interesting. Anyways, yeah, that's was, a random a piece. Child of, star. Yeah, so so these are these are I'm I'm really listing two like these are two of the three actors that have actually been in other things. The only other one is uh, Jackson Bostwick, who I was not super familiar with, but apparently he was Captain Marvel on the old Shazam show. And oh um, wow, he's he's featured he's featured on this <laughs> in this movie. Because there's an entire sequence where he just sits there and drinks beer and plays a banjo for like five minutes. And then they periodically just cut back to him like drinking beer and playing the banjo for no discernible reason while kids are getting murdered. So anyways, um, 
this movie is amazing. Nothing, I repeat, nothing happens in this film until about the last 30 seconds. I just honestly <laughs> kept watching because I was like, surely something's about to happen. Oh, yeah. any minute now. <laughs> Um, apparently, so there's, uh, I guess this movie's 97 minutes. Apparently, there was an 80-minute cut, and this, this, this is where it starts to kind of make sense. I guess they added 17 minutes of just, like, banjo, random banjo footage. Banjo music and drinking, yeah. Uh, ban- banjo music, drinking, uh, a lot. Again, like, there's a whole scene where they're in the campfire, like, uh, they're at the campfire, I guess, telling stories, and it keeps cutting to random stock footage of uh like wildlife and they very very badly loop the the audio in so you hear this woman say the same line like 20 times and um so i can't imagine but even even if you cut this movie down to 80 minutes it would still be 80 minutes of nothing happening so uh, i don't know anyways uh once again the movie's the prey I, i'm not really even recommending it i was just kind of amazed well, I'm at gonna, how I'm little gonna, I don't think I'm going to recommend it to decades of horror because this is literally oh, please. I haven't heard of and while you were yammering mm. away I went on Tubi and started skimming through it <laughs> that's, that's some gold there man they yeah it, it's good and, and I will also mention my final note on this uh, so apparently this was written and directed by a uh, husband and wife uh, team uh, Summer Brown and Edwin Brown I was like hmm, I wonder I wonder what else they made maybe maybe their other maybe their filmography can explain um, <laughs> kind of the, this film which is uh, so so I went and looked and uh, so here's so some of the other titles that they've written and directed uh, together um <clears throat> So, uh, for the love of pleasure, Ooh. a thousand and one erotic nights. Ah. Naughty, naughty girls need love too. <laughs> every woman has a fantasy. Okay, you're talking porn every woman. Here. I mean, I believe every woman has a fantasy too, yeah. and probably ah. their their best work, in my opinion. Uh, every woman has a fantasy three. And I won't mention. <laughs> and I only mentioned this though because I was like, okay, this movie has like one pair of bare breasts for about five seconds i was actually kind of stunned i was like for for a, a husband and wife team that made a bunch of porn and then they tried to get to get into the horror i guess industry yeah. and that didn't work and they went back to porn uh it's a very uh it's a very actually uh i don't know borderline pg-13 film so anyways <laughs> um yeah i don't i don't know i've already talked about this movie more than it deserves although Bill, please, for the love of God, get them to do it on decades of horror. I would love to hear. Yeah. I would love to. I would love to hear. I would love you to subject uh, other people to this, and then uh, hear them have to talk about it. So please keep us updated. There's some of the stuff they've um, subjected me to lately. Uh, you know. Mm. Yeah. There you go. This is this is honestly a wonderful piece of uh, revenge oh, for all yeah. that. They've got that. I, mean, I guarantee. That guy, was his name Carol Strickland or whatever? Yeah, it's Carl uh, Stroykin. I'm probably he's incredibly that, tall. But... He's really genuinely yeah. tall, no fake. And you're watching how they filmed his 10 seconds of footage at the end, and <laughs> it doesn't look like they had a particularly tall guy. They just, you know, were using. No, you've got a genuine giant here. Make that obvious. Make it obvious that you've got this living special effect. Yeah. Let, so, I, I let, anyways, I, who am I? Who am I as a filmmaker? Who am I to tell the people who did Every Woman Has a Fantasy three? I mean, you know, maybe I need to just stay the hell in my lane. Exactly. And, uh, exactly. Right. Come on. Now. Uh, unimpeachable after that film. Um, so yeah, The Prey is playing on Arrow Player, which was where I saw it, but it's also available on Dark Matter, Screenbox, and as Bill mentioned, uh, it's on Tubi. So you can <laughs> you can get it regardless of whether or not you have one of those fancy subscriptions to. Any of those cool services. So I'm done, and I'm assuming is that the end? Uh, the end of the episode. It is. It is. It is. Nice. All right. Yeah. Anybody got anything to 
out on? Is there any songs from? from I mean, I can I can pick up the old banjo and play it for about five minutes here. We'll have a uh, a course banquet. Oh. You're you're welcome to if you want. I I'll uh, no. I'll I'll, uh, I'll defer to you if you'd rather. It's fine. It's it's not in tune right now. So I feel like oh. every woman has a fantasy too. Is one of those porn films that actually did spring for its own theme song. You know, and then they just. <laughs> Of a la- kind of like a lounge singer. Every woman has a fantasy. I don't know. Give me a C, a bouncy C. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Zach's good at coming up with a melody. Oh, yeah. No, I like the one that Bill just had. Every woman has a fantasy. It's a movie that has stars John Leslie. Not to mention Nina Hartley. <laughs> and who can forget Rachel Ashley? Yeah, there's a lot of. Oh, sorry. She's she's in Every Woman Has a Fantasy Part One, which is what I'm looking at. I apologize. <laughs> I ruined it. I ruined it. For the weekend of January 13th, Bill recommended Blood Simple, available on HBO Max and the Criterion Channel, and Blood, available on Tubi. I recommended Blue Monkey, available on Tubi, and Life Force, available on Tubi. Hoopla, Pluto, and Freebie. Paul recommended The Menu, available on HBO Max, and Eating Raul, available on HBO Max and the Criterion Channel. And Zachary recommended The Prey, available on Tubi, The Arrow Player, and Screenbox. <laughs> Erica Boyer, oh. France, Francois Papillon. He had a butterfly on his ass. Christara, Bar- oh, Christara Barrington in one of her early movies when she was underage. And that's probably why you're not Ooh. going to find Every Woman Has a Fantasy <gasps> no. its original mm. uh, unedited form. Let's see. Uh, David Morris, who probably most famous for doing the pool room rape sequence with Marilyn Chambers in Insatiable. And then later on to make, gay- went on to make gay porn. Yeah. Mm. And I know way more about this than anyone who teaches school should know. (laughs) (laughs) 